It's your boy So So in case you ain't no so and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week the Heat win five straight games, including three and counting on the road. The Panthers go full cardiac arrest as they go four straight wins with earning them every step of the way. The Hurricanes put up a hell of a fight up in Tallahassee but still come up short against FSU. And the Dolphins come back from the bye week to face a very motivated Raiders team. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go! What's going on, so it's good to see you, my boy. It's good to see you, homie. It's good to be back here on Sports with So So Dog. Got a, a lot of stuff that I want to talk about. Obviously, you know, we're mm-hmm, gonna touch mm-hmm. on some sensitive topics. We're gonna touch on some happy topics. And uh yeah, it's gonna be a good good episode to get some stuff off the chest. You know what I mean? I, I think so. I think so. I think last week we were kind of down bad, you know, kind of having a rough go at it with our yeah. our uh, South Florida franchises, but uh tale of two weeks, you know what I'm saying? We got a, a different outcome this week and I'm excited to get into it all. It's wild how that shit works, man. Week to week, day to day, how sports go, man. And, and for us down here in South Florida, right, which is what we really care about when we talk about a Jekyll and Hyde type of start to their season, you're talking about the Miami Heat, and these guys have, you know, kicked off five straight wins, dog, including three on the road, um, playing, uh, you know, to, tomorrow by the time you guys are hearing this in Charlotte, um, to make it four in a row on the road. It'll be a, a hell of a road trip to look back on because when we talked about the Heat the last time, we we knew that they were going to face a lot of road adversity, right? Like, so many games on the road in November and in early December. And I was like, damn, dog, like, how are these guys going to really make it out of it? And and then when I saw the injury of t- to Tyler Hero, I was like, oh, shit, man, things are really going to go down south here for the for the Heat real quick. But the Heat, you know, to all their credit and everybody who's who's currently in New Jersey for them, they've been playing well, man, and, and really, you know, carrying the load, let's say. And, and we know that Tyler's going to be out for four to five weeks. Ankle injury wasn't nothing super serious where it was broken, but he is in a walking boot, so he's going to take a lot of time to get progressively out of that that type of injury. Yeah, that's not what we wanted to see, you know, with the sluggish start we had, and then Tyler Hero being our best offensive player, or, you know, as far as what he's producing and bringing to the table, you don't want to see him go out with a high ankle sprain uh, and, no. and see him out for that long. Especially, you know, we got that playing tournament, Two that's kind of going on in the middle of this, which I'm completely confused and lost on. I have no idea where we stand on. But Heat basketball is is uh, is making me eat my words. You know what I mean? I know a couple of weeks ago I was asking you how confident you were in this unit, how confident you were in this team, and my confidence will, didn't really mirror your confidence. And after this five game run, you know, losing Tyler Hero and still being able to pull out some some pretty good games, some pretty good dubs on the road. Um, yeah. It's got me, it's boosted up my confidence in this squad, to say the least. No, I hear you. And, like, it's weird with the in-season tournament because those games ultimately count towards your record, but sure. you're playing for a tournament, right? So, like, how does that work? But you still approach the game in the same way, right? And we saw them approach that game against Atlanta, which was one of those in-season tournament games, right. and and really go out there and, like, just – put up a good performance on the road, right? Where we've seen this Heat team struggle 
before prior to the start of this season even last year and the year before where like they just have a hard time really getting going on the road for some reason they're able to put together winning streaks at home no problem but on the road is different and now you know when you talk about getting a tough and gritty win against memphis right um and, and, and i say that because yeah you look at memphis's record and they're trash right but memphis was trying to win their first home game when we played them in memphis right and then like that's the game that Tyler got hurt in. So we lost him early on, on in that in that road trip, early on in that game. And we still had enough between Bam and Jimmy to really go out there and win the game. And then, like I mentioned earlier with the Atlanta game, you had to close out that fourth quarter because, yeah, we were ahead, mm-hmm. but Atlanta made a run. And they made a very good and close run. But, again, the resiliency of the team in, in an effort to close down, right, um, and, and close out games, shows that those guys are focused. And maybe they didn't have that same focus when they started the season. And and it took a couple of wins, right? Like, we saw them gain momentum after that Lakers win, and it felt like they were excited about that win because, you know, it was a big opponent, and, and it was their second victory in a row. And now they've built this winning streak, and it's like, wow, okay, maybe the Heat, maybe the heat did find a way to, to kind of put it together early in the season. Uh, and it's at the, you know at the expense of and I don't want to say the expense, but it's 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 all due to the fact that like always we'll, this, this we'll say in the absence. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say in the absence. I'm just gonna say like it's it's due to the fact that you know we've had we've had this happen time and time again in the last couple of years, bro. It's the unlikely heroes. It's the guys that we're not really looking to be yeah. the uh you know the main factors and that are stepping up and contributing, man. You got Duncan Robinson stepping up and contributing, you know, picking up right after Duncan uh, Tyler Hero goes down. You got guys like Jay Rich, you know, former Heat, now back on the team, putting up some big, you know, minutes for us and having some big plays. The rookie, Jaime Jaquez. I mean, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of this kid night in and night out. And, and these are the guys, man, that are really willing us to get these wins on the road, I think. Well, Jay, Jay Rich just started playing well because he had been horrendous from the field. And and I get it. He's taking shots and he's taking the the time and the the you know the the unnecessary pressure he's putting it on himself right in those moments. But he hadn't been playing that great. Duncan, right, a guy that you mentioned, yeah, he's been playing well for us. But he also has the price tag that you know carries that expect- expectation. So yeah, it's nice to see Duncan playing well. And I don't think that I I, I don't want to say that he's not an unlikely hero, right? because he has those huge games every now and then, and then he'll give you those good, consistent performances. But you're right in the sense that he's one of those guys that we can rely on off the bench, right? And that other guy that you mentioned, Jaime Jaquez, wow, we we talked about his maturity, Joel, when we drafted him, and when we saw that he was a four-year player at UCLA, and, and we know that he had a lot of experience as a basketball player. But this kid really plays with an educated mind multiplied by hustle because that's how he scores a lot of his plays right i posted that sick crossover he had in the memphis game where he knocked down crossed over buddy and then he hit that fucking three-pointer and drained it like those are things that athletic players do ballers quote unquote right to put it in reference yeah. and the, that kid the, is showing the, that in the lakers game he clamped down lebron yeah I wouldn't say clamp them down but you know you're, you're going up against the great one of the greatest basketball players of all time and, it down. And, and holding your own, holding yeah. your own. You know, the guy didn't put up 40 on you. And right. LeBron ends up with 30-something points at the end of the game. Hey, he's LeBron James. It's going to happen. He's going to But do you it. did your part in your minutes with your defensive responsibilities. Yep. And 
that's the guy that I think we weren't really expecting to shine. We thought it was going to be Jovich, but it's been Hakez who's really taking that role, dog, and, and taking those minutes and running with it. And it's, and it's evident that Spo trusts him because he wouldn't put him so early in the game rotationally with other players and, and, and finding different combinations to play him if he didn't really trust him. What I was going to ask you was, you know, we just mentioned Jovic. That, that was a mm. topic of contention that we had. I was expecting more from Jaime. I wasn't really expecting more from Jovic. A lot of people were expecting stuff from Jovic yeah. going in this year. Haven't seen really anything from the kid. You know, do you know why? I think it's because he's still a, a bigger defensive liability. Mm. And I don't know if it's that they're still waiting to bring him in later on in the season. But with Hero being out, you know, Highsmith has really played well. And that's a guy who's doing a good job of aiding Bam on the floor in the sense of now he's a really good defender for the pick and roll. So in case they're picking a roll with the big guy, Highsmith can cover that guy for two to three seconds in case Bam has to come back or, or while that guy passes the ball to, to get a better position. Does he have a role on this team? Yes. I just don't think that it's been so evident in his need that he's gotten the ability to play those minutes. And Spo knows, man. He's, he sees him practicing. He sees the development of these guys. It's not like he, he's not making a, you know, misinformed decision when it comes to who's playing and who's not playing. If anything, is super informed and probably too much informed. Yeah. But, I, was, I was just thinking about, you know, what we saw in the summer from him and stuff and the world, you know, the world play and all that. And there's a lot of hype. It's early on in the season. You know, you would think if there's a time to get experimental and really play everybody that you have. You know, we're seeing pretty much everybody else hitting the floor. You know, maybe not every single night, but we're seeing other guys get minutes right now, you know, especially in the absence of Tyler Hero and stuff. It's just curious as to why we haven't seen much of him. But I mean, but the proof is in the pudding, Joel, because I think like when you see what Thomas Bryant has provided for us, right? Even though Serge hates that guy, I am a big fan of Thomas Bryant because, yeah, he's not a big lockdown defender like you would want a center to be. But guess what? He does everything else and he hustles. He tries his best on defense. Sometimes he gets blocked. Sometimes he's averaging about five and a half rebounds a game. So, like, he's doing his job. And as a big guy next to Bam, that's all we wanted, an athletic big who can move around and not necessarily be a super minus. Yeah, teams are going to go after him, but guess what? That means that Bam and everybody else who's around him knows that, and they're probably going to do a better job of helping him on that defensive end. Yeah, I'm liking the combination of both uh, him and Bam, or or Highsmith and Bam. You know, they're doing they're doing their job, like you're saying. That's exactly what we need from an undersized big group like we have. Right, right, right. And like, and and look, I I kind of was against it with with Jimmy getting these rest games in between, but it's 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 worked out, right? The Heat have won games where he sat against Memphis and against Atlanta. I don't think he played as well, um, but. We're winning games when when we need to win games, and we're beating opponents that we should be beating. Um, when you look at the the record of the teams that we've beaten, yeah, they're not necessarily great records, but so what, dog? These are games that we that we have on our schedule, and we need to win no matter what because we're not necessarily a powerhouse team or a team that's loaded with offense. You know what I mean? And for, and I really like the Spurs win the most out of the four, five wins. We beat Washington, not not really a good team. You beat the mm -hmm. Lakers, that's a good team. Mm -hmm. Memphis, not necessarily a good team. Atlanta, not necessarily a good team. San Antonio, not necessarily a good team. But if you're a good team and you think you are a good team, you beat those teams. 
And, and that's all the Heat have done. And, and, and if you're a Heat fan, you got to be happy with that. And I mentioned the Spurs game because not only are we undersized, the Spurs are obviously way bigger than us. That guy, they have that guy. I don't know if you ever heard of him. His name is Victor Wimbayam. He's just started to play basketball. He's from Planet Mars. Oh, um, that guy, yeah. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's yeah, pretty he, good. Got a double, he got a double-double that game. Uh, shout, out to the, shout out to the Hard Rock <laughs> app. That was one of the easiest locks I've ever fucking bet on in my life. That was, uh, an easy one. I wanted to go. I wanted to bet, you know, the the, the heat and everything, but that was the a boosted bet that they have. And I'm like, bro, this guy's this guy's bound to just you know sneeze and get 12 rebounds and 10. We're doing out. we're doing smart money bets only on this show, though. We're not getting wild with it, and we got yeah. a smart money bet for you guys later on oh, on the yeah. program. Trust us, trust but us. Yeah, that was a good win, man. That was another game right there. You know, I talked about it earlier in the show. The unlikely heroes, and yeah. I guess because of the recency bias, that was the last game that we played. That's still fresh on my mind. You know, Jay Rich, who has been struggling, to your point, had a big impact that game. And to me, that's everything because that tells me everything I need to know moving forward. He had a couple of big shots down the stretch that really helped us, lo- you know, lock that dub in. Duncan Robinson, crazy stat line for him. I think probably his best stat line of the year. He had like 26 points in this game. Um, I don't know his stat off the top of my head for a three-pointer. Six but think- of six from, from, well, he was six of ten, I think, from three and six of six from free throw which is just crazy as far as efficiency goes and the limited amount Absolutely. of minutes that, that he's playing with. And he had a great highlight where he cooked up Victor Wambayama, you know, showed Ooh. him one way, uh, you know, out to the to the corner. Nope, came right back in, drove it to the rim, finished strong at the rim. Um, and then uh, the last guy is um, Haquez. Haquez also had a good game in that game for us too. Yeah. Not, to, you know, I'm yeah. not, I don't want to shadow Bam. Bam did his thing. He had a great game. Um, but those guys, man, those unlikely heroes are, are really the ones that, that are doing their thing to, you know, help us get these road wins. I mean, you're talking about this was another win on the road. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Spurs aren't the best team, but we got to get those dubs early and often. Yeah, no. And Joel, like this is the NBA dog. Like no, no road game is easy. It doesn't matter if you're playing a team that's lost seven games in a row. Guess what? That that team is dying to kick somebody's ass and you're up next. You know what I mean? So like, it's, it's never easy, and for our team to be able to accomplish that so early in the season really bodes well for them, as far as, obviously, as momentum goes, but for, for me, more importantly, confidence in the guys that are getting the rotation in minutes. Confidence in Duncan. Confidence in Hawkes. Confidence in Drew Smith, right? A guy we haven't talked too much about, but who's contributing something, right? Thomas Bryant, Highsmith. All of those guys are building the confidence to keep playing at the level that they're playing now. And that's what the Heat need. The Heat need their bench, which is their probably best asset, right? The fact that they have such a deep and and flexible bench is like unlike match in the NBA right now. And they have to continue to exploit that night in, night out. So that means that one of the two or three of these guys are going to have to do their job, not necessarily be an unlikely hero, but be the guy who has to step up that night. We're going to have to find a different name for these guys because I think, so. I know I think that that's what be, it is. You know, I think, I think that they can be relied on. Term. Yep. Yeah, I think, I, because I think they can be li- be relied on. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not like we're just being super surprised by the, the good game from a Hawkeyes every now and then, the good game from a Duncan or, or Drew Smith. You know what I mean? Something like that. We got to table that. We got to brainstorm some new, uh, coin a new phrase for, for these guys. Let's do we'll it. Put a pin in it. We'll put a pin in it, dog. And we'll come up with something, dog. But to, uh, to wrap up on the Heat, man, uh, I'm really happy that they have this stretch. Uh, I know that they have a, a tough home game, uh, another tough road game in Charlotte before coming back home to take on Brooklyn on two on Thursday. If they can win that game at Charlotte, you're talking about six games with a potential for seven coming home. So again, not necessarily face a great Brooklyn Nets team, 
but the fact that you're at home, you don't really get these games that often. You really want to make them count and and and, and make it happen. Get get to seven on the road. I don't even want to talk about what position they are in in the conference or the division or that. Because to me, it doesn't early. matter. It's, yeah. It doesn't matter. I I rather them focus on them playing really good basketball, and that's yeah. all that matters. Like, Have know? we played Charlotte already this year? I know it's a short season, but I feel like Damn, uh, maybe it was a preseason where we played. Double them, check though. for me. Double check for me. I do know that the the rest of the leg that we go to Chicago, which is where we play a back to back road um schedule games against Chicago, literally Saturday and Monday. So not really too much of a travel expense there, I guess, for for the NBA and the Heat, but. Uh yeah, two tough games in Chicago as well after after being home. So it was preseason that we played them and we beat them. Ah, there you go, there you yeah. go. So this is gonna be the first matchup. It's gonna be, and now they're healthy. You know, they're fully healthy. So gonna be a good measuring stick against Charlotte and, and see where we're at right mentally. Can we continue the streak? Can we continue to play good basketball? Can we continue to close out quarters and not have dumb turnovers? That's one thing that that I've noticed real really well that we've been doing in this fourth quarter, man. Let's let's see if the he can. St- Keep it up. Oh, yeah. Pizza manana, baby. Yes, been sir. In effect. Keep it rolling. I, Keep it rolling. I hope, you, I hope you guys have been paying attention to the Instagram stories. That's how I, I let you guys know that we got that pizza manana. Tune in. All right? Tune in. Can't say your boy so say ain't tell you so. Uh, let's talk Let's talk about the Panthers, dog. Mm, That's the cardiac another cats. team. The Cardiac Cats, dog. And, and, and earning that fucking nickname, let me tell you, bro, because those guys have really been... Oh, I don't want to say underperforming, but they've been underwhelming, right? They've been underwhelming with the results. And and for them to, you know, rip off four straight victories um, and, and, and them being close victories, except for one when we won five to two, like, that's impressive. That's impressive for, for the Florida Panthers right now. Tale of two episodes, dog. Last week we were, you know, bitching and moaning about, you know, how lackluster they were looking and, you know, could Chuck slow start and, you know, Reinhardt. Yeah, you know, doing great, but not, you know, we're not getting enough from everybody else. And fast forward to now a week later, and we got a, we got a few really nice victories to our name, including a, an overtime win in this yeah. stretch. Yeah, but even still, I think that last year, Joel, we didn't really see this team put together too many streaks, right? Like they were win a game, lose two games, and then win two games, and then lose a game and win a game. Like it was never nothing where they were putting streaks together. They put a lot yeah. of losing streaks together. Right, and we we didn't see too many winning streaks, and and now to see them doing that like like their counterparts, the Miami Heat, you know, putting a win streak together, which is tough because they've been on the road, at home, on the road, at home, and it's like finding ways to win. Right, they had a huge comeback win against the Columbus Blue Jackets here at home. That when we were recording, that was the overtime victory you were talking about. They won five to four. It only uh, Verhage with the with a game winner there after like Nick 15 Cousins. seconds in or something like that, bro. No, that no, that was the other game. That was the other game. Uh the next game against Washington in Washington. Oh, right? that's, where we that's had, the one I'm thinking about. Well, we had another game, right? Where we go deep into the game and it was like another overtime game. The the Panthers come all the way back and then boom. Overtime. Sam Reinhardt, 15 seconds says good night, Washington. We'll see you guys next time. So we had two back to back overtime victories. Yes, sir, bro. I'm telling you. And then we had that real good victory against Carolina where you could tell the boys were motivated. This was a, a, a playoff rematch, right, against the Carolina Hurricanes, which we smacked up in the playoffs. A lot of the NHL pundits picked Carolina, couldn't understand what was happening, how the Panthers were playing that much better, and what was our advantage. The Panthers took that shit personal, and I feel like every time we play the Hurricanes, it's it's about that beef. You know what I mean? 
So they went out there and smacked them up five to two. And that was a dominating win, you know, after, you know, being taking the lead in the second period, they never looked back. And uh, that was a real good game because all three of our big guys got, got goals. Kachuk, uh, Barkov, and Verhage were able to find the net. Yeah, we, we put those bastards in their place because everybody knows there's only one Hurricanes team that matters That's in this right. country. That's right. That's right. You know, I don't <laughs> even know. Carolina really don't even get that many Hurricanes. But could it be anything else, dog? I mean, come on. Come what on. are we talking about? Be a that, mountaineer right? or something, dog. Get okay. out of here, dog. Get you ain't out no hurricane, dog. You might be a tropical no storm. You ain't no hurricane. But that was three straight victories. And then you go against and, tough and opponents. Face, tough opponents. And then you have that revenge game against the Chicago Blackhawks who have their star rookie center and um, Panthers again, get it done. You know that they come back after being down yet again, Sam Reinhardt really being a catalyst and then probably being the MVP for this team. We've talking about him so much on the program and, and how much of an impact he's had on this team since coming in and, and not only supplying goals uh, supplying assists, supplying whatever the team needs, right, on, on whatever line. Sometimes he's on the first line. Sometimes he's on the second shift. Like, it doesn't matter where you put Sam Ryan or who's on the ice. He's going to do his best to get the rest of his guys on that same level where it's like we have that confidence, we have that belief, we can play with anybody. He had two goals, two assists in that game, and Verhege had the game winner. Again, another score for him, back-to-back games, three, game, three goals for him in those four games. Like, just playing – Panthers put uh, hockey and and really exemplifying what this team has as far as talent, you know, because w- that's something different that they have that the, the Heat don't have. The Panthers have a fucking shitload of talent, a mm. shitload of talent when it comes to defensive players, offensive players, guys who are glue guys, guys who can put up 30 goals a season, guys who can play multiple positions. You know what I mean? Like this team is loaded. Right. And it's really built for this playoff run, Stanley Cup run like we saw last year. Now these guys know that they really have what it takes. The chemistry is back. Their players are back. Their leaders are back. Montour that we talked about him coming back last week. He's been great and and getting more acclimated to ice. Yeah, that was huge, man. And uh, those four straight games have really propelled the Panthers to another level of hockey that we've seen them accomplish before. And, And it's it's a great type sight to see, man. They need it. They needed it. Sure, we need it, dog. We need to make sure <laughs> that our teams are all winning. That's the teams that we know and love. And it seems like, like for for some reason, this this Heat team and this Panthers team, they just seem to be rocking with each other, dog. You know what Twins. I mean? Like, yeah, bro. Like whatever one of them does, it's kind of like the other one's like, hold my beer, watch this. I'm gonna just kind of <laughs> mirror that exactly. We saw it last year, both making it to their respective championship game as an eight yep. seed. You know, the year prior to that, they had a better season. He had a better season the year prior to that as yep. well. I mean, it, it, it's it's getting eerie, you know, the the comparisons that, that we keep seeing from these teams. They're almost like brothers, right? They're literally almost like brothers, but they're sap- separated by 18 months. It ain't a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's only like that much. And they're both getting into fights with the same crowd. It's like Irish they twins. all do the same shit. The Irish <laughs> twins, dog, for sure. They do the same exact shit. And hopefully they keep it up because I really – I really want to see this Panthers team dominate this season. You know what I mean? Like, we don't, I don't mean points, but just go out there and beat teams up, show teams that they're not going to get easy victories and no lead is safe. If they can do that, the Cardiac Cats are going to be a problem for the rest of the season. Dog. And I really think that they haven't even gotten close to their ceiling for as far as what I expect this team to be. 
And that's crazy, you know. And yeah, I'm not a hardcore Panthers fan. I get it. You guys are the hardcore Panthers fans, but I, I I really do watch this team a lot, and I and I am invested in their future, bro. Because I really want to see this team win a fucking. Stanley we all do, final, man. Bro. We all do. We're itching. We're not a big hockey town, but you know those that, that hold down the three hundred five, yeah, the nine five four, the five six one. You know, we, we know we know we need it, dog. Don't forget the seven eight six in there too. But yeah. we need it, dog. You know what I mean? We, we need, need a we, we need, need a hockey championship just to be like, you know what, dog? We don't even got ice down here, homie. You don't this even what snow we do. down here, homie. And we, we still win. run the ice. We win. That's what we do. We win down here, dog. You know what I mean? That's that's what we need to stamp in hockey. We that we're winners down here. Boom, got to stamp it. Um, they got three straight road games, continuing the trend. Uh, facing San Jose on Tuesday. By the time you guys are hearing this, and then. Staying in L.A., facing, uh, staying in California, excuse me, staying in L.A. to face the Kings and the Anaheim Ducks on Friday before coming back home on Monday against Edmonton. So three games in the state of California. Got to get those three victories. Make it seven in a row to match their big brothers, the Heat. You know what I mean? Let's keep the twin things going here. You know? Let's do you, do you know how any going. of those those teams are doing right now? Any the the Kings, the the Sharks, or the Ducks? Because no, I don't. They haven't really been doing though. well in the last couple of years, so I don't think that they're really. San know. Jose is good. I know that for sure. Los Angeles is obviously good. They were in the playoffs last year. Um, Anaheim. I don't know nothing about Anaheim this year. I know. I just know that they unveiled a cool version of their uh, Anaheim Ducks throwbacks with the uh, uh, Mighty Ducks thing. So that was cool. That's sure, about yes. it, Doc. I think that if we even go like two and one, you know what I mean? I think that that's still really Excellent. admirable. Yeah. They're they're on the same tip, literally. A shit ton of road games in November and early December. So if you want to prove yourself, this is how you do it. You go and you get big victories on the road and, and you do it against good teams when it's good and you do it against bad teams when it's ugly too. But you got to get the dubs. And that's what the Panthers are, are out there to achieve. So let's get it. Vamos, gatos. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now we got to talk about the hard part, all right? And I'd rather start with the hard part before we get to the good part to finish the show. Yeah. We're going to... It's a tough one. This is a tough one. This is a tough game because I didn't expect us to win it, right? And the fact that the Hurricanes were in this game, the whole game, shows me that there really is a fight in this team. There really is a core of players that want to win and care. And that's all you need. Because if you have that, you get gutsy-ass performances like you did on Saturday. Because that's what the Kings had. They had a gutsy-ass performance. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't a great offensive showcase. It wasn't, It wasn't. you know, Emery Williams lighting up the scoreboard. No, it wasn't that. But what you did see is a lot of good defense from a real squad of defense that has a lot of talent on it. And they were able to keep it close the whole game. And Emery did more than enough to keep the Hurricanes in it and with a chance to win it. So I'm really proud of how those guys fought in Tallahassee. Still coming up short, 27 to 20, against the FSU Seminoles, but I'm, I'm really proud of how they played, man. They showed a lot of courage. Against a number four ranked opponent in-state rival like this, it could have gotten yeah. ugly. It could have been a 40, 47 to 7 massacre, something Retro along those lines. Starting, dog. But let's get into that right quick, because last week on, on the last week's episode, I think we talked about that. And I, I think I had asked you, you know, in this game going into FSU, seeing what we saw out of Emory Williams, you know, and seeing what we've been seeing out of Tyler Van Dyke and his regression. You know, do you really feel comfortable going with TVD into that game? 
or Emmy Williams. And I don't know when this got announced, but I only found out about it like on Friday, like the day before the game that yeah. Emory was starting. I don't know if that's yeah. when the general public found out or when that announcement was made. Yeah, they, they announced it on Twitter and they had a little press release, you know, um, that Emory was going to start the game for the Hurricanes on Saturday. But so that's that good, just... That- that's concerning. I mean, being I you don't know, know is no, it concerning or is it a good sign that Emery Williams A has good enough of a knowledge of the offense, right? And B that the offensive coordinator Shannon Dawson also has a good amount of confidence in Emery to execute the offense. Because one thing is clear, Tyler Van Dyke does not have or does yeah, he doesn't possess the confidence to execute the offense at the moment. So the my thing is the concerning part for me is why was that waited until the day before to to announce? I understand it could oh, have been a game plan that, thing, baby. you know, they're gonna Absolutely. game plan for TVD and not for Emory Williams or whatnot. But it's like after seeing what you've been seeing, I mean, as a Hurricanes fan watching these games this year, bro, the the moment that Emory got off the field, the last game that he played, he should have been handed and rewarded the keys to that car. No, 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 you don't want to do that. You don't want to. As a hardcore Hurricanes fan, I'm totally against the idea of showing the opposition your biggest rival, your biggest game of the season, any inclination of what you're going to do. So I have no problem with them not announcing Emory Williams until, shit, they could have waited till three seconds before the game started, before you know, if they before announced that. Anything to throw the rival off and, and give him a chance because it did give him a chance and it worked in his favor. He didn't have the hype. He wasn't didn't have the yips. He wasn't nervous at all at any point in the game. Like, he didn't show that. He didn't have a nervous throw. He was very composed. And he played a very good game all the way up until he got All hurt. things considered. All things considered, Doc, for, for the limited playbook and what he's being asked to do, they, they did a great job of putting something together for him to execute, and he did a great job of executing it to the best of his abilities under all circumstances considered. You know yeah. what I mean, and even and even still, another credit to to OC uh, Shannon Donson, bro. He 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 called a great game. He really called a great game. Really mixed in the runs and and got the run going a little bit, and then gave him easy throws over the top to complete. Uh, and and when he had a chance, he took the chance, and Emory wasn't scared to take the chance. He connected uh, with Jacoby George for eighty five for eighty five yard running catch, like catch and run, excuse me, for a touchdown. That shows a lot of guts on that kid's part to say, you know what? I need to put it in that little ba- bread basket. Watch this on the road, you 65,000 <laughs> screaming FSU fans. I'm going to show you guys up for a quick play. And he nailed it, dog. So he did everything that he could do and gave us the best opportunity to win the game, dog. And I'm and I'm not mad at the coach's decision to, to keep him, you know, protected as long as you could. And then once they did announce him, he felt the confidence behind the, the 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 coaching staff and obviously all the players had his back and they played like it, dog. For Jacoby George to have five catches, 100, 153 yards and two touchdowns on the road, that's him stamping himself on the national stage to say, yeah, I'm a big-time wide receiver in a big-time game. And even with a rookie quarterback that I got a lot of belief in, we're going to come out here against all odds and put on a show. And they were going... Down FSU, down seven, dog, driving on FSU with about two, four, two, three minutes, four minutes left in the game, dog. Well, even and back I, it up, back it up behind that. They they were down two scores and yeah. managed to score late, you know, in that fourth quarter to bring it within a touchdown. And it was like, yeah. where has this been all year? 
You know, we're, we're, it felt like in that moment, it's like, oh, shit, like this team is a, is a team that can compete. You know, that's not necessarily out of it if they're down two, down late two scores. You know, they came back, they had that, and then they were driving. And frankly, I think if Emery Williams doesn't get hurt, I think that the, they have a chance of at least tying up that game and, and, and taking oh, I it think, to the- Oh, I think we tie that game, my dog. And you asked the question, when, when did we see this? Why didn't we see this sooner? We kind of saw it in the Clemson game, right, where he had to come in, TVD got hurt or was mentally frail, whatever the excuse was that game. And Emory Williams came in and literally drove us to the victory, drove us to the victory against Clemson. And he would have drove us to the tie. I honestly believe that 100% in my heart, dog, because but that's, he was that's playing such I, a great game. I guess that's why but I brought up me, the concerning. Let, but let me, let me answer your question with this, like, if you're asking why we haven't seen this before, I think we have been seeing it all season. What we've been seeing is Tyler Van Dyke's inability to make the throw or to make the play. And Emery's just showing you what it what it looks like when the guy who's make who has to make the throw does make the throw. You know what and, I mean? Like and but that's why I was I was alluding to being concerned because you, you you just pointed it out. He played in Clemson, had a great game. We won in Death Valley, right? On the road. Yeah. The next week, if I'm not mistaken. We plug and play Tyler State Van Dyke. Game. Yeah, it was the NC State game. But Joel, uh, and then and then, the week, and then we lose that game. We come back now. We have FSU game, and then you wait till the day right before to give Emory. Bro, if if Emory plays that NC State game, who knows what goes into what happens there? And he gets a little bit more confidence and momentum going into the game. That that was what Maybe. I what I was thinking when I said, you know, isn't that a little concerning that it was announced but, so late? But kids hurt but now. I think his season's mean- done. Yeah, his season's done. He he ended up hurting his arm on that play, left the game in an air cast, like Looked had bad. to get Carter off the flat. Yeah, that dude was in pain. You could tell, dog. And and I, I just hope felt so bad for him and his parents, right? Because they were obviously enjoying the the hell of a game that their son was putting on. And I think every Hurricanes fan was really happy with his performance, dog, because he had it put on an amazing performance, dog. It was it was such a great game by the kid. And on the road. True freshman. The- we can't true freshman. Man. Can't state that enough, bro. Oh, bro, no, 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 no. Like, again, it's it's not easy to do that, and, and the kid really showed his heart. But then again, he comes out the game with 248 left, and here comes three, you know, Tyler Van Dyke, and he completes two passes for 29 yards, 115-yarder, 114-yarder, and the Hurricane fan kind of thinks that something's going to happen here and looks at that moment like, oh, shit, this could be the one. And then he turns into Tyler Van Dyke, and all, sh- all the fucking shit that could go wrong goes wrong incomplete pass incomplete pass incomplete pass fourth and ten here comes the interception from tyler van dyke game's over that's the shit that kills me dog this kid for whatever or this man grown man for whatever reason dog cannot put it together mentally cannot put it together for more than five minutes at a time and it is one of the world's greatest mysteries as to why he can't do it, dog. There is no reason for it. I don't know what there is. There is no reason for it, dog. Like, I'm he just doesn't have it. At the beginning of the year, we were talking about his, his potential to go on, make a name for himself this season, and, and really put himself in that, you know, first-round draft pick conversation. Brother, right. you'd be lucky if Canada hits you up for the CF, CFL spot, bro, at this yeah, point, because he's not playing in the yeah. NFL. I'll tell you that it's much. Yeah, he he definitely played himself out of that, man. And and it sucks because it's such a waste of talent. And who knows what the future has in store for him. But right now, at the moment, it's not looking good for Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, like you said, Emory Williams is hurt. He's going to be hurt for the until next season where he gets another chance to win the starting QB job. 
so we're going to see TVD play these last two games out. And it doesn't get any easier for him either, right? He has a tough, tough opponent against Louisville. Um, they're going to be playing them here at home, last home game of the season. Just in case you're wondering, Louisville is ranked number 11 in the nation, currently 9-1 overall, 6-1 in the ACC, fighting for their spot in the ACC title game. So don't expect a weak or non-focused Louisville team to come in here. This is a team that we've historically struggled against because they always have a good run of talent. Um, Lamar Jackson's gone there and a bunch of other NFL players. So, yeah, it's not surprising that Louisville is still playing well. They're going to come in here and, and give the Hurricanes all their, their best, and I don't know if we'll have enough to match their energy, uh, and I don't know if we'll have the confidence behind TVD. Maybe it turns into a crazy game for him, and he blows up again, and he wakes up and throws for 386 yards. Who knows? Could be, but I'm it'll not be, It'll be a day late and a dollar short. But I'm not holding my breath for that performance. If the, <laughs> I'm definitely expecting the Canes to keep it close because I really do think that they have an excellent, excellent, excellent defense. Um, maybe top 25 worthy defense, right? Top 10 maybe even. And, uh, yeah, just excited what they got more to build on for next year between Flag, Bain, uh, Kitchens. You know, if he comes back next year, like, there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of talent on that defense, and I'm excited to see what the future holds for it, man. And then after that Louisville game, uh, they end the season up in Boston against Boston College, who's six and four on the season, three and three in the ACC. So currently have a better record than the Hurricanes, who are two and four in the ACC. So let's see what the Hurricanes can do in these last two games and how they end the season. Um, and let's see how Tyler Van Dyke looks. I guess that's the only thing we really got to look forward to, man. Let's see. Yeah. Don't hold your that's breath. That's it. Yeah, that's it. But before we leave college football, my friend, my friend, please show the people of the nation, this beautiful nation, that sweater of the UCF Golden Knights. Hey, we're not no longer the Golden Knights. We're just the Knights. We dropped that years right. ago. But right. Yeah, man, right. I had to You're throw it on. Knights. I had to throw <laughs> it on, dog. They had a pretty good win this past weekend. I mean, we're, they're five and five on the year, two and yeah. two and five yeah, yeah, in yeah. conference play. So it's not great. But they, they knocked off a ranked opponent this past weekend in Oklahoma State, who was 24th. Already put an ass whooping on them, 45 to three. Um, so just wanted to make sure they got their salute. Here's a salute that I got for them. It's a middle finger because they messed up my 17 parlay on the Hard Rock app. Literally, I had seven teams, and that's the one team that didn't cover, dog. And, I, and when I'm looking at the score with my dog, Oklahoma like, State or UCF? Oklahoma State. I'm like, dog, how the hell is Oklahoma State getting murked at the crib? How are you going to bet against your, your co-host team, dog? The spread was favorable. It's like me, I, me betting like FSU this past weekend. I would, I mean, I would, I, I know that I should have, but I would never do it in respect for you. You, God, come on, man. We're gonna have, we're gonna have a conversation. Of course about you would. Come yeah, on. Of course bro. you would. Of course you would. Now that the Hard Rock app is giving these great odds, come on, man. I'll never bet on FSU. No, maybe not FSU. Maybe the over or under. Uh, now let's get back to positive things, right? To wrap up the show, let's talk about our Miami Dolphins. Uh, currently still what? Six and three, six and three on the season, seven and three on the season. Um, six and three, six and three. Six and three, about to be seven and three after coming back on the bye and taking on a tough, tough and motivated Raiders team. Um, I really love the timing of the bye, the Dolphins bye week, bro. I don't know about you, dog. For me, it was an important time for the bye week, not in the sense of injuries, right? Even though H, Devon Achan was back at practice and he's going to be ready to go uh against the Raiders assuming that happens after a good week of practice I just felt like it was it came in the middle of the season we kind of had a, a little guys with a couple of nagging injuries <clears throat> Waddle more specifically more than others 
where you kind of wanted to give him a week off and, and get him back into a healthy state, work everybody back, assess what happened in the first half of the season, really take a good look at, at the view from a step back or two steps back and say, all right, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what are the good things in the macro, what are the good things in the micro, what's the negative things that we can point to, and just really work on that and while giving the players some time off, you know. I, I think that we're we're gonna see for the second half of the season is a very refreshed Dolphins roster, um, and I'm very motivated and ready to go because they know it's the second half of the season. Everybody's back. We're all healthy. Time to go out there and win football games, and it starts with uh, Week 11 against the Raiders, right? Yep. And uh, the Raiders are, you know, they found some new momentum. They fired McDaniel's a couple weeks ago. They got yep. back-to-back wins now. Uh, granted, it was an ugly ass win that they got last night, two nights ago against uh, the Jets. Um, but they did their job against one of our division opponents, which helps us out. Um, we know that the Patriots are <laughs> are not relevant this season. Um, but it was an interesting week around the NFL for for the Dolphins because of the fact that other AFC opponents, you know, lost. You had the Ravens losing at home against the Browns. Cincinnati. You had uh, you had Cincinnati losing on the road yeah. against Houston, um, so you know now things are you know getting interesting and and we're really in, we're really in control of our own destiny here. So I, I can't agree with you more, man. This this seems to be the the perfect timing for a bye week for this Miami Dolphins team. Now we come back out of the bye, revamp, re-energize, healthy, ready to go, eyes on the prize. We got to get the monkey off our back. The Raiders are not one of those teams that are going to get the monkey off our back, but we expect a victory. Yeah, for sure. You expect a victory, but I think the guy who needed this bye week the most, if I'm honest with you, Joel dog is Mike McDaniel dog. And I, and I don't say that in like a slight to Mike McDaniel, like, Oh, you got to get your shit together. No, that's not what I mean. But I think that he really needed, he needed this time to refocus and, and see what works on offense. Because in those big games that we're going to be facing as the end of the season comes, Right. We're going to have to find ways to generate the offense if it's not happening. If it's happening in the game and we have that momentum, cool, then we got nothing to worry about. But just in case it's not happening, how do you get it sparked up? What type of plays are you going to call? What other formations? Are you going to rely on the motion? Are you going to go big set? Are we going running game? What's going to be the move? And it can't be on a game-by-game basis. What you're going to try to have to do now in the second half of the season is reestablish that identity which I believe to be is a run first, throw second team. Not necessarily that we're not offensively firepowered because we are and that our biggest offensive weapons are on the outside because they are, but we also have the running game as an offensive fire, big play type weapon, right? We know that Devon Achan um, has had long touchdown runs for the Dolphins, right? We know that Mostert has broken 30, 40-yard runs for touchdowns. So this this offense is built off explosivity, both running it and catching it and throwing it. So that's that's what I think McDaniel had to lock down in his bye week. How are we going to attack the rest of the season? Go look at what those teams that we're, that we're going to face – in the next three to four weeks, see what they're doing right now. How are they stopping other teams? What can we do to exploit that? Because I, I feel like teams did that facing us. They went back and looked at all the game tape of those first four weeks and said, well, let's make it harder. And the Dolphins offense had to struggle a little bit because it got a little bit harder because teams <laughs> knew what we were doing. 
But with with A-Chan coming back, Moster and him being able to split the carries, give each other rest, throwing in Jeff Wilson Jr. in there, Ahmed in there, who's been playing really good coming out the backfield, chipping the the, the rushers and, and getting out for catches. Like, that's that's what I want to see us get back to. And I think that's what Mike McDaniel really used in his bye week. Um, you talked about our identity being, you know, a run first, pass second. I, I don't think that we've seen that, you know, this year. We wanted to be every, that. Almost every game we've started off with a run and have ran two to three running plays out of the five plays. So, yeah, that, that's all fine and dandy. But when you look at the actual splits, it's like two, you know, two to one, you know, or three to one as far as how much more we're passing it. Okay. And I think that the, the, the identity that we have is really, you know, comes down to one word, speed. You know, that is our offensive identity is speed. You know, the speed of our players on the outside, the speed of our of our uh, of our running backs being able to exploit the gaps, you know, that, that they're given and getting, you know, through them and the speed and quickness of Tua getting the ball out of his hand. You know, yeah. if we can do that, we can do all those things well. You know, they they add up for, you know, to to, to wins for us. But we definitely want to see more of that run, especially knowing that we have guys that are that fast. It's like, why aren't we having more of a balanced attack? And I really hope that that's what McDaniel gets, you know, out of this bye week. And if he is going, you know, to the drawing board and seeing where he can improve. I mean, I'm not a coach, obviously. I don't know what the hell's going on in the NFL, but just from right. the eye test, you know, why not run the ball more? We saw it in that last game against Kansas City. We, we harped on it. They ran the ball, got the ball down the field with Raheem Mostert, like 70 yards, 65 yards, something like that, back-to-back plays, and then went away from the run three consecutive passes and we saw what happened or, you know, so it's like, why are we getting away from the stuff that's helping us move down the field, you know, and, and trying to get too cute. That's what I want McDaniels to do. It's like, I love the ballsy calls on fourth down. I love the trickery. I love the trick plays. I love the way that he uses Tyreek and Waddle and run arounds and then rounds and things like that. But let's not get too cute with it when the game is on the line, right? Let's go back to ground and pound football and let's use that speed. And if you think about it, Joel, that's like what kind of killed us in the big games, right? Which is probably the games that he's going to study the most. What happened here? What, what what did we lack in? Damn, we didn't go to the run enough. In the second half, in the first half, we didn't go to the run enough. And it made this play harder. It would have opened up this play that I wanted to call. We could have done. And those are the things that I think he's going to realize that he has to do moving forward for the rest of the half, of the second half of the season, to get big victories. Not only on the road, but also at home because we're going to have some tough home games as well. Right now, we're still undefeated at home. We get we get a chance to continue that streak against the Raiders, right? We're looking good in that aspect. But at some point, we're going to face a big team. And at, at that point, we're going to need to run the ball. And we're going to need to be a, a physical team. Not, not only a speed team, but a physical team in order to create the lanes. To, for the speed to be there, right? Whether it's passing lanes or running lanes. And, and, I, and I think that our offensive line has a big part to play in that. I think that the return of Rob Hunt and Robert Jones to practice is huge. Um, both of those guys are still week to week. But just the fact that they're there right now, it gives you the option of saying, Konya, I have eight offensive linemen and all of them, all of them have done really good jobs at certain points in the season. What's my best five and go from there? Who do I need to throw in as a backup or six man in case shit gets ugly? And go from there. And just, I, I really love having that option of having all of our guys as healthy as possible, whether it's 80 to 90% as an offensive unit for the offensive line, because it really just 
adds to our success value. We, we, we don't look at it that often during the game, but when the running game is going well, it's because the offensive line is really pushing the, that defensive line back, bro. And when they're doing that, man, our guys are feasting. And it makes the games easier. It makes the game easier for Tua to go out there and throw. It makes it easier for Waddle and Hill to find pockets, right? And and let the offense flow, which is crazy because we're truly doing this type of offense without a real quote-unquote tight end. Um, if it wasn't for Alec Ingold and and how amazing he's been as a fullback, pass-catching, blocking fullback, uh, I don't know what we would do, how this offense would look, right? Because we don't have a blocking tight end and a pass-catching tight end all in one one shot. Uh, I just think, I think that the closest the, thing that we have to that is maybe Durham Smythe, but I, I think that... Alec Ingold does it better, dog, for sure. Yeah, he does it, but I'm sorry, true tight end. You know, Ingold's a fullback, so you can't, you know, he's going to be more in the backfield. But as far as the true I tight end goes, you know, Durham Smythe, you know, does his thing. But, I mean, we're, we're seeing that we don't need a, a guy like Mike Gusecki, man. I mean, Gusecki was great, don't get me wrong. You know, he, he produced for us, but honestly, the whole time it was like, why do we have this guy if if he's not going to be able to block? You know, yeah. yeah, he's a pass catcher, but we got Waddle and we got Tyreek. What do we need Gusecki for? And I think ultimately that's why we moved on from him to a guy like Durham Smythe, who is doing, I think, perfectly fine at the tight end position for the Miami Dolphins. Hell yeah. And, and again, it's just, it leads to the offense being more simple. The more simple the offense looks, quote unquote, the more variations of it you can have, the more audibles, the more plays you can run in it, and it's and it's easier to trick the defense on it. So uh, I think that that was definitely the right move, and yeah, I think that that's what's going to be the key. Getting back to to figuring out that, that identity, you mentioned the three to one ratio. I think if we can bring that up to three to two, right? That 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 bodes really well for the offense, and I think that as fans, that's what we should be looking for. Uh, a little bit more of a commitment to the run as the season continues, right? We're going to get into cold weather games. We're going to get into tough games on the road, tough games at home. We're going to have to be a physical offensive line team, run it first. Let's try to get three yards in a cloud of dust because we can. We know that if we don't have that going, we can always go to the outside and, and our, our fast guys out there, man. Uh, now, it, let's talk about Miami Dolphins versus the, La, the Las Vegas Raiders. The spread is, let's see, I had it here, but it went away. And I want to I wanna use this as our betting, betting uh, platform for the week. This is the Joey Locke of the week, Miami Dolphins versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Who are you taking, buddy? I mean, this is coming, Obviously you're this taking, might be but coming you... as a surprise, but <laughs> I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins in this one. And uh, we don't have, I don't have the line. It's 11 and a half. It's 11 and a half. We're 11 and a half point favorites. With um, the underdog being over on there being 47 the and a half. 47 and a half. Mm. So you're taking the Dolphins. Are you I'm taking take, the points? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go money line. The, the, the odds on the spread are going to be better. But yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, let's go. Let's go with the Dolphins. Dolphins minus 11 and a half. Um, okay. Back at home after a bye week. Um, the, uh, the Raiders are really looking for, you know, smack in the math because they've, uh, they're on the little high horse right now. Um, I can't wait to see Devonte Adams get clamped up. Um, Josh Jacobs. I can't wait to see him get negative yardage behind our D line. Who's going to have a huge day. I can't wait for our offense to, you know, go to town on, on their, their defense. So let's go ahead. I'm going to go with that. I like that better than the over under. Um, so I'm going to say, yeah, the, the lock of the week is going to be the Dolphins minus 11 and a half. I like Raiders. that. 
I'm going to join you, but I'm going to throw in the under because I don't think that the Raiders are really going to be able to get it off going offensively. Like, they struggled mm. to score against the Jets. I think our, our defense is as good or if not better than the Jets at this point, and we'll be able to pitch damn near close to a shutout. So I don't see them scoring too much where we might end up in the 28 to 31, 35 range of points. Yep. You know 31 what I mean? so 10 I is what I was thinking. I don't know why. Right, so I'm going to take the Dolphins. I'm going to take the spread, and I'm going to take the under. And we're going to let you guys know how we do. We're going to post Love those that. picks for you guys. Uh, that's the Soso Lock of the Week and the Joy Lock of the Week here on Sports with Soso, man. Uh, I think I got one honorable mention. Yeah, I do. Look, F1 in Las Vegas. Uh, I don't know if you're a Formula 1 fan. If you guys have watched that on Netflix, it's a dope series. And the track itself is on the strip, so it's going to be cool to see this uh, on Sunday Around 12.55 noon, you're going to be able to watch it on ESPN2. Tune into that. Everybody knows who's going to win the race. It's going to be Max Verstappen unless he crashes. But <laughs> tune in to see who gets second and third and fourth and fifth place, man. And the views I, are going to be dope. I'm just tuning in just to see that. I was there recently a couple weeks ago. I got to see the build out, you know, just kind of the bare bones of it. I've been seeing it on social media. It's kind of all, oh. uh, all over the place right now because it was like $8,000 were like the rates for the tickets. And then like now it's like, They've gone, they've plummeted to like hundreds of dollars where now it's, it's, it's actually feasible for you to go and watch the race, but yeah. I want to see it, you know, the race at night on the strip, uh, yeah, formula one cars, you know, zooming by that that's going to be interesting. Um, one other honorable mention though, I, I didn't see it in the notes, but, uh, UFC this past weekend, Pereira against, uh, Deary Prochaska, uh, yep. he took down the victory becoming, uh, the champion. Yeah, man. So, and, and- in impressive form too, because very impressive. Uh, you know he got him with some good low kicks to start the fight, which really hurt Yuri. And then Yuri couldn't really plan to throw those punches, even though he tried to to throw a lot of punches at him. And then Alex just waited, 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 and then boom, rocked him, dog. And once he rocked him, it was like yo, rap. And at some questions, a stoppage was he out? Was he not out? And I know for a fact that when he had him in that guillotine choke, that. Uh, Yuri had Alex's legs, and at some point, the lock was so deep in that Yuri let go of both his legs and was hanging there. He and even out. after the fight, he said it. Nah, I was out. And the referee did a good job. Yeah, I got back up, and I came right back to because that's what we do as fighters, but I was right. out, and that was a good yeah. stoppage. So I, I, I love the, the honesty in the moment um, and the respect between the two, both pre-fight, during fight, and post-fight. Like, I wouldn't be mad to watch those guys fight again, dog. And I think that Pereira versus Jamal Hill, who was the champion before he got hurt, before G, uh, after Jerry, when Jerry got hurt, uh, Jamal Hill won the championship. He got hurt, gave up the belt, and now these two guys fought for it. And he, Hill's going to be healthy in about three to four months, so it would be cool to see those guys go back at it. He did call out Adesanya to come up to light heavyweight. I don't know if Adesanya is, you know, going to be taken in by that, man. Last time he went up there, it didn't go that well for him, dog. It, it, it takes didn't. A, I highly it takes doubt a while that's going to build that body up, dog. It takes a while yeah. to build that body up. That's why John Jones, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he doesn't have wild. that natural build for it, you know, uh, at least yeah. not right now. But uh, think- it's impressive, man. You know, the fact that this guy has only been in the UFC for three yeah, fights. Yeah. I think total, I think that's what he's had. Yeah, he's fights. 11 fights total, and then, like, uh, he's gotten, I think, three to four championship fights. Four and, championship fights. And he's won three of them, I think. So, yeah. He's doing pretty good. The guy's a doing beast. pretty good. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. That's why he's my, my new favorite, favorite Brazilian champ. So, yeah. yeah got to love the headgear and all that tribal shit he comes out with, too. It's pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. 
Yeah, dog. That shit's gangster, dog. That shit's gangster, dog. Solid, solid, solid. But yeah, dog. Monday Night Football time, cuz. Let's get to it. Oh, that's right, bro. The Bills. We got to watch the Bills hopefully lose. Lose. Lose to the Denver Broncos. Let's go, Broncos. Let's go, Broncos (laughs) country. Let's ride. Let's ride. And we're going to ride out here by thanking you guys for subscribing to the Sports with So-So YouTube channel. We appreciate the love. We took the bye week on OnlyFans, but guess what? We're back to it on Sunday. We're coming after you guys after the victory. We're coming to you guys after the victory against the Raiders. So until next time. Peace. Peace.